Hi, everybody, and thanks for joining our weekly podcast. I'm Robin uh, Lewis, founder and CEO of The Robin Report, and along with our chief strategist, Shelley Cohan, also a consultant at large and a professor at FIT and Syracuse University. So we welcome you to our conversation on the topic today of from blue collar to <coughs> new collar. <laughs> well, you, you'll understand very quickly what that means. So, you know, Shelley, we have discussed in our past podcast, the great resignation, um, you know, the massive numbers of, of workers who just walked off their jobs or what some people call the big I quit. I quit. Yep. Yeah. So for a variety of reasons, by the way, some uh, were due to the pandemic after being shut down for a year. Uh, some of them just wanted to work from home. Others uh, just fed up and with their jobs and or looking for more rewarding work or for a job uh, that they just might like better or uh, to be an entrepreneur right. and on and on and on. You know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs today more so than are ever going to make it. But anyway, so um, this also uh, left businesses, of course, and especially retailers kind of holding the bag, um, desperately needing to fill jobs actually across the entire service industries, you know, hospitality, restaurants, <clears throat> so forth and so on. And I think you said, and I'm sure you said this a couple of times back, that there are like 1.1 million openings in retail alone. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and 11 million openings across the economy. And there are only about 5 million um, people looking uh, looking for jobs. Anyway, so all of this in itself is creating new paradigms, okay? A huge shift having unique first-time structural changes in our economy. But now, and this is what we're on to today, there is a new and I think kind of an astounding shift. And it, it was uncovered by um, Oliver Wyman, who's a management consulting firm, uh, and he surveyed 80,000 workers worldwide uh, between August 2020 and March uh, 2022. And what his uh, survey revealed is that more Americans are making the leap from blue collar jobs and hourly work to, quote unquote, new collar roles, uh, essentially, uh, essentially trading up in terms of jobs. Anyway, and these, these new roles um, often involve tech skills and come with better pay and work schedules and conditions. And more than a tenth of Americans in low-paying roles in warehouses, manufacturing, hospitality, and other hourly positions made a, such a switch during the past two years. Many of the new jobs are in software and information technology, as well as tech-related uh, roles in uh, logistics, finance, healthcare. I mean, it's amazing, Shelley, and, and you know, think about it. I mean, companies have struggled to hire all the talent uh, they need 
so many have dropped uh, qualifications like prior work experience or a four-year college degree. So they've, they've dropped that, uh, those qualifications necessary. Anyway, also the percentage of, of retirees in the U.S. population has climbed uh, sharply over the past decade and ticked even higher in the uh, COVID-19 era with millions of baby boomers leaving the workforce. Uh, declining immigration uh, has also added to, to, to shortages. Yeah, and it, particularly in, in technology, healthcare, and other fields that, that really depend heavily on foreign-born workers. You know, Shelly, I, I, <clears throat> I think there is something bigger here. I think there's something bigger going on. I, I, I don't think this is another one-off and that somehow things will come back to the normal we used to know. I really think all the macro stuff that's, that's been going on, um, that I think there really will be a new and kind of unknown normal at this time. And I think this may be a um, huge cultural shift, another shift that I think will stick. Well, Robin, we touched on the economic phenomena of inflation and how yep. higher prices are really not transitory, but actually being a fundamental jump in prices. We've seen that over the past year for sure. Um, and those prices essentially are never coming back down. And mm -hmm. part of that is because of the big demographic shift that you just mentioned, older people leaving the workforce, not enough young people to take their place, thus not enough supply to meet demand. So this was a, that famous uh, economist, Charles Goodhart's thesis in the book that he wrote, The Great Demographic Reversal. Yep. But what this whole blue to new collar movement of young people leaving these blue collar jobs for the lure of higher level paying jobs, um, even without college degrees, and they're actually learning on the job, not yeah. only exasperates Goodhart's thesis, but it also tips a majority of those 11 million open jobs to the vast service industry. And of course that includes retail in a big yeah. way. Yeah, Shelley, exactly. And, you know, I, I pulled out a good example of what we're talking about here. And this is just one person and one example, but it's, it's really kind of a good one. Uh, this guy named Alexis Ayala is 27 years old and he enjoyed a retail sales job and this was at a cell phone shop in San Francisco and before the pandemic. Anyway, he had immigrated from Mexico as a toddler. And uh, like his parents, he did not go to college. So when COVID-19 broke out, it kind of dried up his commissions for the sales that he was doing. And then he heard about a position at a software maker. Um, that came with a promise of on-the-job training. Uh, he didn't have to have any tech experience, uh, but his friend who already worked there assured him uh, that they were looking for people who could learn on the job. Anyway, so once he was hired, he, he learned the technology plus skills like making PowerPoint presentations. Anyway, so he was moving up in the tasks and skills that were needed. So he was promoted to account executive. Wow. And now he makes six 
figures selling software to a, a to account executives and now make six figures yeah selling that software well beyond by the way his $80,000 he made in his best his last year or best year of retail sales and of course you know there are many other examples but i thought that was a good one no that's that's the perfect example and accord, according to that Wyman poll the workers who made the new collar kind of switch skews about 67% male and 77% between ages 25 and 44. 67% live in cities and 70% describe themselves as optimistic about their career prospects. So Robin, you had mentioned that this is a huge cultural shift and one that may stick. And when you think about the millennial and Gen Z, the mindset about work and careers, yeah. you know, unlike us, when we were growing up, you know, before big tech, we were expected to go to college. In most cases, we pursued getting a job with a big company, climbing the corporate ladder, hopefully to reach the C-suite after many, many years of, you know, hard work. But, you know, today the younger generation is more interested in lifestyle and what type of work will support and fit into their lifestyle. And they're more entrepreneurial, for sure. Yeah, yeah. let me jump in here, Shelley. <laughs> to that point, as you know, our, our intern for this summer is majoring in entrepreneurship at Elon University in North Carolina. I mean, so there you go. I never heard of getting a degree in entrepreneurship. Um, maybe they were around, but not when I was going to school. Anyway, it's amazing. And, and just think of the incredible number of Internet entrepreneurs that today are popping up, you know, all over the place. It's so true. And today's young mindset is totally different about life's education and career paths. So men are, are starting their own companies even before they leave college or they decided that they actually want to work for themselves. They don't want to work for this, you know, big company. So according to Opportunity at Work, as many as 32 million Americans lack a four-year college degree, but have the skills or experience to, to parlay into higher income paying jobs. The key in spending the time and dollars on training and spotting potential applicants who lack traditional criteria. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Shelley, let's uh, focus a little bit more on retail. Um, how are they going to lure these young workers? And more importantly, how are they going to keep them from, from leaving? I mean, many of the boring and or low paying jobs in retail. How are they going to keep them from leaving, um, you know, for higher paying and more energizing and fun jobs? I mean, I think you said at one point there's something like a 70 percent turnover in the retail industry. Yeah, I mean, 70 percent is being very conservative in the number. Wow. Um, Amazing. But yeah, it's it's tremendously high. And I think the pandemic has really created this unusual circumstance of workers who are just fed up with hard work, scheduling that was inconsistent across weekends and customers screaming at them. Um, and mostly, you know, these customers are angry at these retail workers and restaurant workers too, for things that are out of their control, like out of stocks, you know, or, or shortages of workers. So longer wait times or reduced hours, you know, a lot of businesses have reduced their hours. So the retail industry you know, has realized that if it wants to keep workers engaged and employed, it has to change its employment practices for sure. 
For sure. Well, you know, we went from employing <clears throat> workers for lifetime jobs in the 50s and 60s uh, to this new age of hiring more part-time workers, which, in my opinion, is really the beginning of the end, I think. Anyway, you, you have all of these part-time workers who traditionally uh, do not receive overtime pay and benefits uh, working in the service industry, particularly. And while it worked that way for a few decades, now we are seeing this reversal over the past five years, offering more benefits, higher wages. And as we move into uh, 2022 and 2023, uh, the need for retailers to become employers of choice, um, higher wages, more benefits, uh, better schedules, and more and more. But do you think it is too late? Well, you know, the job opening rates back in February of 2021 was 5.2%. We've seen that number increase to 7% this past February. And retail mm. trade in particular went from 5.3 to 6.3, hence that million job openings, you know, or over 9% of total open jobs are in retail. Um, and accommodations and food services went from 6.7% to 10.2% in February of this year. So again, another you know, industry that's really plagued by these massive job openings. Um, and the quit rates uh, for all jobs went from 2.3% last year to 2.9%, a slight increase, but retail was higher, went from 3.6% quit rate to 4.9 in one year. And accommodations and food services went from 5.2 to 6% within one year. So in February, there was many workers hired. So there were workers hired was just over a million, but there were also 950,000 job quits. So we're still, <laughs> we've hired yeah. as many people as, as have quit in, the, yeah. uh, in February. Well, Shelly, you know, you, you follow the numbers and, and they're, they're really frightening when you think about them. Uh, and of course, um, all of this doesn't even touch upon the risks of workers, right? And particularly in service industries who these, these um, you know, workers are in touching distance of customers, right? Therefore, they have higher exposure to risks like, I mean, getting COVID and it's many variants or abusive customers. I mean, just think about, about these flight attendants <laughs> who have been attacked by these anti-maskers. It's terrible. It's, uh, that's what happens on the front line, right? When you're in, in touching distance of the customer. Anyway, uh, the retail industry has not really addressed um, it, its long overdue wage issues, benefits, working schedules, and safe work environments. Um, the labor shortage coupled with the, the, the many different impacts of the pandemic have really raised uh, a ton of challenges for retailers. And one inherent problem <clears throat> is if there are few to no workers in entry-level jobs, how does this impact the future of retail in terms of succession planning? Many of today's senior executives, you know, started out back when uh, in retail in part-time jobs, 
you know, in sales, in warehousing, stock keeping. Anyway, it begs the question, where will future retail executives be coming from? And particularly since, as we've been talking about, young workers simply uh, leaving the types of boring entry-level positions. Well, also, in addition to the idea of where is the future of retail coming from, if not from the trenches, that should be a whole different podcast and article, um, is this idea of will consumers pay more for goods and services to provide a better economic solution for workers? So in other words, if you pay higher wages and you provide more benefits and you increase the safety measures, that operating expense obviously will rise. And Mm -hmm. Robin, you and I have been talking about rising prices for the past year. And in the consumer price index that just came out two days ago, it showed price increases year for the last 12 months at 8.5%. And that's the largest increase in over 40 years. So you have this higher cost of goods, you have these higher operating expenses. So this is gonna lead to one of two outcomes. Retail businesses are gonna go bankrupt because they can't afford all this added expense or consumers are gonna have to start paying higher prices. And if you add in the union participation in retail trade, we know when retail organizations have unions, the cost of employment is significantly higher. You add that on a wider scale as we see more and more of these retail retailers uh, unionizing, um, that will certainly add to the operating expense as well. Yep. You know, if, um, I don't know, if retail jobs can better demonstrate, you know, a path to management or supervisory roles, uh, there may be higher interest among the younger generations. But these jobs uh, have to come with better work-life balance, as we talked about lifestyle, and a deeper commitment from companies uh, to the employees' well-being as well. Well, you had mentioned something, Robin. You know, the training is something that's so important, and training is something a lot of retail companies have actually rolled back or cut out. And you look at the technology companies, like your example that you had mentioned earlier, they the technology companies are smart. They're actually creating this path that easily trains entry-level employees on the capabilities of technology. So entry-level employees working for a tech company, they don't need to know how to write code, right, or have these highly technical skills. They can be trained on how to use the technology. So retail companies should understand that employees who want to learn, they want to learn, they want to improve their skills and be given more opportunities also in a quicker time to, you know, timetable than what has done in the past. So that career path of working many, many years to move up the ladder, that, you know, that ladder has lost many rungs, uh, so to speak. So will retail workers be trading over to these newfound careers and technology where training and scheduling, just your daily schedule, you know, and quicker advancements? Are they going to be moving over when those, you know, training schedules and quicker advancement prevails? Yeah. You know, Shelly Macy's used to have um, a very, um, you know, professional training program. I remember, I can't remember the years there, but, uh, um, and for some reason they don't have that. And I think the reason for it is that that, that's another big cost center. And um, 
But those were the years also where some of the retail giants of the last generation, like Marvin Traub, um, uh, you know, I think Alan Questrom, they were coming out of Harvard and Boston College and so forth. And they were going into retail careers because during those years in the 50s and 60s, it was a great profession. And there's a lot of money being made. But, um, yeah, and Robin, yeah. it's funny you mentioned that. You, I know you don't know this about me, but I actually went through the Federated yep. Leadership Program. You I'm did. one of the people that went through that program, <laughs> and it's one of the best programs yes. uh, that I've ever been through. It was called the Federated Leadership Institute. Yeah, there you go. You were there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, I think uh, that some of that should come back. And I guess, you know, perhaps uh, the synergy... Uh, uh, created by the, you know, retail meets tech. Um, maybe that will help. You know, Walmart, with its massive tech investments over the years, they said in March that uh, they plan to, to hire more than 5,000 tech workers. And they are opening uh, tech hubs in Atlanta and Toronto. And more retail companies are investing in technology. And of course, <clears throat> of course this will lead uh, to hiring more tech workers. And this will continue. So uh, this will beg the question, Shelley, will this attract and keep more workers? And will it change the retail employment landscape? But you know, Shelley, it's not, it, it's not just about new tech jobs either. I mean, retailers need to find ways uh, to build great benefits for their workers. I mean, Walmart, for example, is giving Walmart Plus to all their workers for free. It's a I huge mean, benefit. Huge. I know. I mean, they, they have like a million plus employees. And no, I guess it's just for the United States. But, but I think um, regular people, not Walmart workers, pay, I believe, for Walmart Plus. I believe it's around 90 bucks a year. I may be wrong on that. But that's a great benefit. So more uh, stuff like that. <clears throat> and, you know, there are an array of retailers today that are offering many different kinds of benefits, uh, flexible hours, student, student loans. I mean, Lowe's, I read today, is going to pay for a lot of their workers uh, to go to college. And I remember when I was working for VF Corporation back in the 80s, if you were an executive um, you, and you qualified, uh, they would pay for your MBA. Anyway, wow. so these are things that you know, retailers should be thinking of. And Shelley, the other aspect we did not even cover today um, is the desire for many of today's workers to be remote. Right. You know, I mean, many employees uh, do not want to work full time anymore. Uh, or in an office. I mean, they they, they like the balance of a, of a hybrid working model, which uh, most of them went through during the pandemic. But on the other hand, uh, this work from home idea is not something that is conducive to retail store workers that need to operate stores. And you can't exceed customers' expectations if you're not there to interact with them. So that's a big challenge for retail. And 
But one thing we do know, Shelley, in, in closing here, is that one of retail's biggest challenges heading into the future is how do they keep their young workers not only happy in their jobs, but keeping them really ecstatic. Yeah, that's true, Robin. Employer of choice is easier said than done, for sure. Yeah. For our listeners, you can find more of our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout.com, and TheRobinReport.com. And look for us on YouTube, where we are now broadcasting our podcast as well. And please follow us on social media, link in with us, and follow us on Twitter for the latest thoughts about the industry. And I want to thank all of you again. Shelly, thank you again. (laughs) And uh, every week I ask people to think about topics they would like us to cover. And if you have a topic you would like us to cover, uh, send me an email, uh, robin at therobinreport.com. And thanks again. 